Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in to this powerful message by David Entry at Caris Phase 2, our Christ-centered youth services. You can never find Christ outside of the open word of God. May Jesus Christ reveal himself to you as you listen. When it comes to what God can do with you, it is of a crucial necessity to be a man and a woman of faith. And when faith is present, there is a certain type of faith that sorts out issues of life. When there is trouble, chaos, confusion, problems. There is a certain type of faith. When you throw it into the problem, everything begins to calm down and take orders. Everything begins to take orders and stay on their tracks. There's a certain kind of faith that the one day they were in the, on the boat and there was a storm. Mark chapter 4, verse 38 downwards. They woke Jesus up. Master, don't you care that we perish? He said, where's your faith? Then he stood up and he threw, he threw one bomb into the storm. Bible said, and there was a great calm. Then he turned to them and said, where's your faith? Oh, ye of little faith. How come you have no faith? This one is sought here by faith. When you see the storms, there's a certain faith you must have. Throw it into it. <laughs> Settles everything. Like you have hot water, put a tea bag in it, you get tea. It changes the condition of the water. Because a powerful element has been introduced into it. When you have sulfur and you put it in water, what do you get? You get an acid. Sulfuric acid. So, when you introduce the element of faith into any situation, it produces a God, a, the desired godly results. If you want to see godly results, there's only one, one thing you need. is a certain type of faith. And what kind of faith are you talking about? I'm talking about that, the faith that brings godly results. So which other type, is there, are there different, are there, is there another type of faith? Oh yes, there are some faith that are not alive. It says faith can be dead. Yes, in the book of James, chapter two, verse 16, and the verse 24 and 26, it says that, Okay, let's go look at verse 26. It said, faith without works is what? Death. Oh, so it's not faith you think you have. It's death. It said, if it doesn't have works, it's dead. You have some, a dead, something dead. It doesn't work. So, you can think you have faith, but what you have is dead faith. And that faith will not deliver but I'm talking about faith that produces results. If you want to see the results, godly, God kind of results, then you need this, this particular faith is a necessary faith. What is the kind of faith 
That is a living faith. A living faith is the faith that, that's the only faith that produces results. And for it to produce results, it must be action-based, action faith. What do you mean by action faith? He was preaching. And at Lystra, there sat a man. He can't stand. That's why he sat. Because he was crippled from his mother's womb. So he can't stand. There sat a man at Lystra. And as Paul was preaching, this guy was crippled from his mother's womb. And Paul was preaching, and he was listening. And then Paul realized that, ah, this guy, this guy has got a faith that can generate results. But it will remain dead until he's given action. Because that man would have still been crippled if Paul hadn't instructed him to give action to his faith. So Paul looked at him, and he told him, rise up. Rise up. And when he crystallized his faith with this, an action, the results began to speak. So the faith that generates results is the faith that has got feet. Give feet, give legs, give limbs to your faith. Let it start moving. Don't leave it to be dormant. Am I talking to somebody? If you have faith, you begin to take steps. That's what I'm saying. Listen, if this destiny thing we are talking about, if, if it's going to be of God, then it's, there's, having faith is non-negotiable. You need faith. Because Satan will try and discourage you. He'll throw anything at all at you. Especially after you've heard preaching that you are great that you are a champion, you are going to do well. He'll begin to remind you of how nobody has done well in your family and how if you have done, you would, if you would do well, you would have done well already. Now that everything is gone, how? Satan will paint pictures and remind you of facts that show that the word you heard cannot generate, cannot, cannot uh, deliver. So then if your faith is not in place, hey, Satan will floor you. He will sift you and sh shake you like wheat. Can you imagine? Satan, Satan is shaking you like wheat. Think about it. You are, in the, you are going like that. You're going like that. Satan, why? Satan. Some people, some people want to negotiate with Satan. Please, Satan. Please. Please. I'm just, I'm just a simple Christian. Please, please, please. Can, can you imagine? A lion. That's not eating. And I've seen rabbits. You know, when you walk those safaris, sometimes they play with the... Before they eat it, they, they play. <laughs> and you can imagine the rat say, please. <laughs> you know, I, I, me, I like you. I, I'm not one of those other rats. I'm not, I'm not that. Please. I, I, please. Um, what can I do for you? <laughs> I, I want to be your friend. Rat, a uh, hungry lion doesn't understand that language. Oh, you know, because of the weather, I've been so cold. I, I have to see the GP, please. So I, I'm not well. Lion, you are not well. Ta-na-na. Ta-na-na. It's coming, though. Ta-na-na. <laughs> 
doesn't know a gentle Christian. Doesn't know a Christian doesn't want trouble. From the day you were born, look at this man. He was crippled from his mother's womb. Thank God, he, in fact, he wanted to make you a cripple from your mother's womb. So now that you are walking, he's actually, he hasn't achieved a lot. It doesn't matter whether you are praying or you are not praying. He's going to eat you up. So, said Satan has desired to sh shake you, sift you like wheat. He will sift you, bleach you. <laughs> He will blow you. You know when you are sitting, you shake it. Shake it, throw it. What is this? Look at what is going on in your life. Every job you get after two months, they sack you. Don't blame the devil. Ask for when it comes to job. Eh? Joblessness is not because of Satan. Every joblessness has master laziness behind it. <laughs> yes. Laziness is the is the class captain of jobless people. Yes, head boy, the head boy. <laughs> yes. Oh, pastor, I've been trying, looking for every job, looking for, then you have not finished your job. Your job is to keep looking. And start from where you can get a job. You want to start from uh, uh, MD, Barclays Bank. Because you don't know, I have faith. I have <laughs> Don't bite more than you can chew. Have you seen a child born and already eating um, spring rolls? <laughs> when you see a two-month-old baby biting spring roll, run away! <laughs> It has a dwarf. <laughs> but that one is not normal. A child who doesn't, it is seven weeks old, doesn't like milk. He only eats Indomie. And then when he finishes, he'll drink African malt. I need you to understand that Jesus told Peter in Luke chapter 22, 31, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you. Not that Satan will not be able to do it. That's your faith. It's your faith. That's why I asked them in this, uh, where is your faith? On the storm, you need your faith. 2024, you need your faith. In this, on this course, you need your faith. I know some of you, things are going on in your family. Things are going on in your family that can be heartbreaking. But hey, girl, just put on your faith. Bible says, take the shield off. You have to take it. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. Taking the shield of faith. You have to take it. It will be taken for you. When you know where you are going and you know God is with you, the only way you can secure God's presence is this kind of faith. And for the faith that have to act, have action, it means that it must be, it says 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, the one we read. said, we having the same what? Let's all read the first line. Let's go. Let's read it out. Let's go. We have the same 
faith. One more time. Louder. We have it the same word. So that means that this faith you are talking about is not just an intellectual thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's a spirit of faith. It's in the realm of the spirit. So then, if you are not spiritual, you cannot operate by faith. You cannot operate that kind of faith. If you are not spiritual, that kind of faith stays far away from you. Because, listen, there's no one who can walk by faith and living in sin. It's, it's, it's incongruent. They don't go together. How can you finish kissing somebody you are not married to and then start walking by faith? You are walking by fake, not faith. Because for faith to be the kind of faith we are talking about, it requires spirituality. I'm not talking about you know quotations. No, no, no. Knowing quotations doesn't make you, doesn't necessarily mean you are spiritual. So some people will be quoting Matthew chapter 8, verse 2, seven, uh, uh, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 3. Uh, it does not mean you are spiritual. In fact, even there are some people who pray and they are sweating. Some of them, at the time you need them, the Holy Spirit is moving, the time you need them, this guy is not spiritual. Because if he's spiritual, he would have, he would have noticed something. So sometimes spirituality is not hinged on an ex the excessive nature of certain activities. Yeah. Fasting 21 days doesn't mean you are spiritual. Reading your Bible every day doesn't necessarily mean you are spiritual. Even though that's the means to become spiritual. Do you understand what I'm saying? Prayer is a means. You can never be spiritual if you are not praying. You can never be spiritual if you are not reading your Bible. You can never be spiritual if you are not fellowshipping. You can never be spiritual if you are not open to listening to preaching from spiritual people. You can't be spiritual. So for you to have effective relationship with God and see faith birthing solutions, your spirituality is paramount. Master, what do you mean by being spiritual? Your, your inner man, you are feeding your inner man. Your inner man is a led to God. Your God consciousness, God awareness. You walk with God awareness, God consciousness. Paul said, I thank God of my fathers who I serve with my spirit. Romans 1 9. Yes. I serve him with my spirit. He said, Whom I serve. With my spirit in the gospel of his son. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 2. Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. Chapter 4, verse 2. Chapter 17, verse 3. I said, and I was in the spirit. He carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. Chapter 4, verse 2. says that immediately, where was I? I was in the spirit. Chapter 1, verse 10. And the Lord's day said, I was where? In the spirit. There is a certain chamber you must enter. And it's not physical. 
Your spirituality, your sensitivity, your flow with God, your enjoyment with God. Now, listen to this. In Romans, let me go a little bit theological. In Romans, Romans is the one um, powerful epistle in the Bible with so much legal reasoning and legalities in it. Paul brought serious legal reasoning for redemption. He explained how man fell, how man have sinned, and explained how Christ brought, his blood brought propitiation, how we are saved by faith and not by the law, how salvation outside of the law has been given, and he explained how Adam sinned, and because of Adam's sin, Adam's sin, death came upon all men. And because of Christ's obedience, life comes upon those who are in Christ. And we reign by Christ. And he began to make an argument. And then he goes to chapter 6 and he begins to talk about sin as a person. And he talks about sin when he, as a person. He says, sin that dwells in you. You shall no longer be under sin. You shall no longer be under sin. If you are under grace, sin is bad. Verse 14, Romans 6, 14. Sin shall no longer have Dominion. So, uh, no, if the thing is not a person, how can he have dominion? He gives sin a personality. He says, sin shall no longer have dominion over you. It takes the cross of Christ and the blood of Christ to deal with sin as a person. So, then he explains all these things. Then he takes his further into Romans chapter 7. How when you are under the law, you are meant to live by the law. But when you are dead to the law, when you are now outside the law, and he gives an illustration about a married woman. As long as she is married, she is bound by legalities of marriage to stay with the husband. But if the husband dies, she is now free to marry another person. And he said, we, the same way, when we are outside of Christ, we are bound by legalities of don't do this, do that. But now, when we are outside, we are dead to the law and we come alive in Christ. We are no longer subject to don't do this, don't do that. But we live by the spirit of Christ. We live, oh, come on. Then he began to explain the place of the law, how the law has brought death. The law which is good, which comes from God. God gave it and rather, Bible says that sin taking occasion of the law, verse from verse 9, Romans chapter 7, verse 11, it said, kill, deceive me, and by the law, he used the word by it, killed me. Sin used the word, the, the law to kill me. Sin taking occasion by the commandment. Can you imagine? Deceive me, and by the commandment that is meant to bring me life, because sin already is inside me, he was operating from within me, took advantage of what is coming from outside me to give me life, took advantage and used that to give me, shift me further from God. Then he continues that there's no problem with the law, because the law is righteous. The law is holy. It came from God. But because I am a, a man sold under sin, my problem is the sin that is in me. It's not the law that is from God. And he began to explain how sin is the problem, not the law. But there's like a shadow higher. There's, there is no way any human being can overcome sin that is already inside him. The reason why you take medication is because the sickness is inside. Yeah, if it's your hair, 
that is dirty, you wash it. It's outside. Even if it's out, you just can't shave it. But if it's inside, you need medication. You can't shave sickness on the inside. And when something is fighting you on the inside, then you need something to go in. That's right. That's right. That's right. To tackle it inside. That's why doctors are specialists in giving medication. Because it must fight that thing that has entered you. So sin has entered us. And God's law is coming. We say, God, I want to obey you. Just give me your law. I say, okay, really? Take it. And then Radha, since said, you want to obey God, he took advantage of the law and used the law like a knife, murder weapon to kill you. Kill you. Now you are farther from God than before the law came. Yeah. He said, look at verse, verse 9. Let me show you. I didn't want, that's not my Look at verse 9. I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died right now. So it's like this law shouldn't have come. But God can't deal with you without his system. So he said, there's a problem. Now I'm stuck. Law has come, and the closer I get to the law, the more I'm dying. Sin is killing me, so the problem is I want to do the law, but there's something in me. What should I do? And he said, thanks be to God. Then Romans chapter 8 said, there's now no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk long after their flee. Why is there no condemnation? The reason why there's no condemnation is in the verse 2. Do you see the first word in the verse 2? Yes. Not the first sentence, please. I said the first word. Lord. The first word. Lord. The first word. Lord. It's explaining why he said what he said in verse 1. There's not enough for no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Who walk no other. Why? Because the law of the spirit spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of the spirit, of the law of sin and death. So right there, watch this. This is why I brought all this. This very technical book, Romans, introduces for the first time, the spirit. I am free because of the spirit. The spirit came inside with a law, which was able to count. It's like, you know, when, um, when the coronavirus came, they were trying to inject some of the virus to boost people's immunity. Because yes. sometimes they will inject the virus into you. So that your blood adapts and be able to. So when it comes in, your blood knows how to deal with it. So God has to send, this one is no virus. It's his spirit inside you to counteract that law. See, the problem is inside you. So God has to get inside. He has to come inside. And mess it up from inside. But he can't come inside outside of your flesh. But before he gets into your spirit, he has to come through your flesh. And your flesh is full of death. And your inner man, the sin-producing agent is inside you. And it produces all kinds of dirty form on you. And now God is holy. He can't deal with the dead. So how is he going to bypass this thing and get inside you? Because that's where he can get the solution. So he said, I'm going to come like as a human being, and you can put the death on me, and then me, my spirit is clean, and I'm going to, on the behalf of man, come and break the power of sin on the outside. 
by the blood of the by the blood of Christ. So the blood will wash you. The cross, the blood will wash you from the sin. Now, when you are washed from the sin, now the spirit can enter. Now watch this. Then he began to describe and talk about this, the spirit. Said the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. You would think that's all he was talking about. Then you go to the verse five and six. It's, it begin to bring the spirit again. For he who, uh, verse, verse six, uh, verse five, it says that for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds of the thing, but those who live according to, ah, oh, all right. Then the verse six begins to talk about the spirit. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. Can't mind it, but to be spiritually, oh, verse, verse seven. Let's go on. Let's go on. Then it, it speaks about carnality a little bit. Oh, carnality is opposite to spirituality. Do you see that? So to be carnal means you set your mind on natural things, that natural things that used to upset you, now they upset you. You are in church and you are upset. Carnal. Spiritual. Carnal. You are in church, and all the preaching is going on. You are not hearing anything. And I know I don't like what the pastor said. The pastor said, the pastor said, the, pastor said, um, um, the food I just mentioned, yeah, spring rolls. So I, a baby cannot eat spring rolls. I don't understand. Canal. <laughs> Canal. I don't talk to that girl. We are in the club. I mean, I don't like her attitude. I think, I think she likes my man. Kana. The reason why you joined the Ashes is because you want that girl. Kana. The reason why you joined the Ashes or you joined the choir or you joined the sound team or you joined the cameraman is because of that boy. Kana. You see, you, see, you are trading away your destiny because you have moved out from the realm where you can step out in faith. And destiny, if it's of God, it only works by faith. Mm. I said, the just shall live by faith. Am I talking at all? So, carnality will cost you. He said, to be carnally minded is death. Then look, look, verse verse, verse 9. It brings it, said, if you don't have the spirit of Christ, you are not one of his. Is is it the Bible? Yes. Yes. If you don't, if you are in the flesh, uh, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, all right, uh, but in the spirit, uh, and anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ is not, not his. Ah. So this thing is very spiritual. Very spiritual. Verse 10 and verse 11. Look at verse 10. It says that if Christ is you, the body is dead because of him, but there's ah, spirit, spirit. So, listen, suddenly, do you see the emphasis of the spirit, spirit? From chapter 1 to chapter 7, he was discussing legal matters. And when he finished clearly, he came on the spirit chapter 8. Wow. He, he said, verse 11, that is the, the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead lives in you. The same spirit will quicken your mortal bodies. Yes. Hallelujah. So there is, Christ has died on the cross so the spirit can have his way in our lives. You cannot be spiritual if you are not born again. You can be a spiritist. You can engage in spiritist or spiritual activity. It doesn't make you spiritual because spiritually you are comatose. Spiritually you are unresponsive to the life of, you don't have joy. You don't have the life of God. You don't have the life 
The only way you can have spiritual life is when Christ is in you. Because the Christ is our life, and Christ is life. So you can see, verse, verse um, 13, it says that he who sets his mind on the things of the flesh will die. But if you set your mind on the spirit, you will live. Verse 14, for as many, oh my goodness. As many as are led by the Spirit of God. There are the, verse 15, for God has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear, but he has given us the spirit of sonship, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16, for the Spirit himself bears witness. Hallelujah! Then from there, he goes on to start talking about problems and challenges if we are in Christ. And then verse 18 says problems. And verse 19, the world is waiting for this manifestation of the sons of God. Then begins to explain all this manifestation and the glories that is coming. Then verse 26, he says that likewise the Spirit helps ah, in our infirmities. For we don't, know, we don't know how we should pray as we ought to. But the Spirit himself, the Spirit himself, the Spirit himself. So now let me tell you something very crucial as I get ready to finish. One of the signs that, the signs that show you have this life of God is the way you, you have a taste for God. When the word of God, some of times, sometimes you notice when the word of God is being taught, it feels like, ooh. Some, yeah, it's, 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 it's the life of God inside you that is reacting. And sometimes people today see that like, What's going on? What's going on? They are spiritually dead. They don't respond. They don't, they don't respond to spiritual stimuli. So, now watch this. So I've explained that for faith to really work, watch this. Get up. You must be spiritual. You are not reading your Bible. You are not praying. You are not listening to messages and you are arguing with other people, gossiping about people, harboring bitterness, and you're expecting to walk by faith. Ah. You cannot have faith-born actions. You can't have it. You might have certain actions, but it is not stemming out of faith. Because if it's going to be stemming out of faith, then that faith in your heart must be from a spiritual perspective. Or it must be spirit born. You must be in the, you can only communicate and relate with God when you are spiritual. John chapter 4 verse 24. God is a spirit. God is a spirit. And they that come to him, worship him, must worship him in you are not sensitive and spiritually minded. In fact, listen how Romans, we saw it. He said to be carnally minded is enmity with God. Yes. Romans chapter 8, verse 7. He said because carnal minded, the carnal mind is enmity against God. How can you be carnal minded and still be spiritual? It is there. You can tell. It is just opposing Carnal mind to spiritual. So you, you are one of these two. You are one of these two. I don't care what you are wearing. I don't care who you know. I don't, your father can be a pope. And you, are, you can be so carnal. 
Your spirituality is very personal. Your mom can't do it for you. Your dad can't do it for you. Your brothers and sisters can't do it for you. And your pastor can't do it for you. When it comes to spirituality, it's each one. The just shall live by his faith, not their faith. The just live by. It's very personal and private. So you have to determine. Listen, how many of you have been, um, some of you will not be familiar with that, but if you've worked in church a little bit, if you've been in church a little bit, you are likely definitely to be familiar. How many of you has, have ever been upset, offended by somebody in church before? <laughs> Especially the, the ushers. The ushers, people can offend ushers. Because some people don't respect ushers at all. That's also another sign of lack of spirituality. They don't respect ushers. An usher can also offend you. Can you imagine you have a non spiritual usher? You can't say, what, 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 what? Sit there, you can also sit there. What is it? Move, 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 move. Non-spiritual. People will always, can, human beings will always be human beings. So when someone incidentally offends you in church, grow up. Just be. In fact, take that advantage to develop yourself. Develop spiritual. Every time somebody steps on your toe in the work of God, it's because God wants you to use that opportunity to build spiritual muscles. Because muscles never build without friction. Hello? You want to build muscles, put it under pressure. Pressure. There must be some pressure. Or there's, there's, there must be some resistance. Yeah, resistance more. Resistance. There can never be movement. Ties don't move in the absence of friction. That is why snow, when you drive on snow, you don't really, you are prone to, because there's no proper, it's too smooth. If you want it to be so smooth, you have a crash. You need some friction so you can have good traction. Am I talking to somebody? You are not spiritual until you tell me how many times someone has offended you and you don't, it's not a problem. You forgive them. You still, you still smile with them. You are not faking it, but you've decided that this, I want to make an issue. Someone will tell you, but why do you allow them to talk to you like that? You don't mind them. You are not spiritual. Some of you, you call yourself Christian, but you know who you don't talk to. Some of you, you, do, you know, everybody knows that these ones, they don't talk. Because they used to date the same guy. Especially girls. Girls! Tell me there's not someone you don't, you don't really like, you don't talk to. And it's not based on that because the person is, is, is just too carnal. But it's just that you don't like them because they like Romeo. <laughs> Listen to this. I need to bring your attention to this. You have to guard your spirituality. How do you guard your spirituality? Number one, guard your association. Beware of who you call your ally. Your association will condition your spirituality. Write that one down. Association conditions spirituality. How many of you have heard something somebody told you, a friend told you, and it really messed up your mood? That guy was talking to you a lot. He thought you like him. Then later you were told that we saw him and her in Starbucks. 
One statement can mess up your mood, but it takes a certain level of spirituality. So be mindful if you want to maintain your spirituality. Mind your association. I'm telling you. Some people, they shouldn't be, you shouldn't be seen hanging around spending time with because they, there's nothing spiritual about them. They will only be talking about girls. Yes. Yeah. They will only be talking about girls. Some group chats you shouldn't be part of. Because full of junk. And uh, gossiping about people, gossiping about someone's hairstyle, gossiping about somebody's tattoo in their waist, uh, gossiping about <laughs> unnecessary things, gossiping about uh, the preaching was too long. Hallelujah. So you have to guard your association. Let's get serious. Guard your association. And if you want to protect your spirituality, that's the, say, I'm telling you, I am not better than you. I'm not better than you in any way. Just that since I got born again, I protected, I guarded my association. So you won't see me in the company of certain people who are carnal. Because like begats like. There, there's a, an adage says, show me your friend and I'll show you your character. The company you keep. It determines what accompanies you. Yeah. Best of the same feathers. So I took responsibility since I got born again that some people I cannot be in their company. I don't hate them. I love them. When I meet them, hello, we can, we can. But to hang around with them, hang out with them, go into places with them, no. One person will feel, because even, not me, that's how, if they come into my company, within few minutes, they would like to run away because I'll be preaching. Yeah, they won't like the subject I'll be talking about. And me to the subject they'll be talking about, I, don't, I find it repulsive. So how, Bible says, how can two work together except they agree? Except they agree. So you can't make friends with somebody who you don't, decide. can two work together, three, three rather, except they be agreed. So the one you are working with tells me who you are. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, but since I became born again, I really don't have, you know, the Christians, the guys in my church, they, I don't like them. They, 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 they. See, your carnality is just talking. Because you know what? Have you seen people on break? Break, break. And then they are, um, so even you are, the person is not afraid, do you have lighter? And then he's, in fact, they will ask, do you have an extra stick? Yeah, spare, spare cigarettes, yeah. And people are very generous. Give you. Then they begin to talk. Why? Now they are, they are talking. They are, because they are smoking partners. How can two work together except they be agreed? So you, see, you have something in common, a common interest. So it is bringing you together. In the same way, if you are very spiritual, you always find somebody spiritual in church. You can, you can work together. You can go home together. You can come to church together. When you are not in church, they will check you. Where were you? Yes. When they see you hanging around the wrong person, they said, what were you doing with that girl over there? I said, it was a group. <laughs> so you understand that. You need, you need, you need spiritual partners. In this country, when you say partners, it can mean something. But you know what I mean. Spiritual people, people you do God with. You do God with. You can never do it by yourself. Never. No one was meant to be alone. Yeah. 
That's why when you see a human being, you know there's another human being who gave birth to that human being. So what I'm saying is that you have to guard your spirituality by being very careful and selective about your association. Sometimes even workplace and school. It's not every job you will take on. Especially when you have the chance to say no. It's not everywhere you go. Even when it comes to choosing of uni. Because you know all those guys that you used to mess up with, they are choosing, they are going there. Go somewhere else. Your unique choice of unique location is because you want to go and party. (laughs) And then you are telling me. What I don't understand when people come to me and say, Pastor, I don't know why I can't stop this thing. You can't stop what? Have you checked your friends? If you want to be spiritual, it starts with your intentions and Christ in your life and then two, your friends. It doesn't matter how much you are fasting and praying. If you hang out with the wrong friends, you will end up fornicating. You will end up going back to drinking, going back to smoking, going back to drugs, going back to gossiping. Let me end on this main thing I'm going to say. So number one, check your association and exposure. Number two, watch this. Beside your association, really, is your exposure. Because the information you are going to, you are exposing yourself to about this praise and worship leader will not help you. By the time you realize, you see every praise and worship leader, you think they are all the same. There are bigger, important things to discuss about Africa. Major international media company, a prophet who is dead. It's not about him. It's not about him. When God wants to help you, Satan wants to use the anyone God will want to help you to, he will have to poison your mind about the people. What am I trying to say? If you want to be spiritual, there are a lot of things you don't give your attention to. Be spiritual. Read in between the lines. Since you started coming here, hasn't it polished you? Weren't you going for Christmas uh, services and a lot of other services at other places and you were almost like a devil? So you started coming to hear God's word genuinely preached and they will tell you the pastor is looking for your money. All those Africans are looking for your money. The devil is, is just close by to destroy his determined. Bible says that they, they poisoned the minds. Are you getting what I'm saying? Spirituality requires that you have to be sensitive with what you endorse. Some videos are not worth sharing. Don't expose yourself and expose others to junk that can affect their spirituality. Why don't you make yourself an agent if you are spiritual? You are an agent of restoration. You are an agent of boosting other people's spirituality. I know you like to talk, but some things, because you are spiritual, you choose, I'm not going to comment on this thing. I'm not going to comment on this thing. Thank you for choosing to listen to this message by David Entry. We hope you were blessed by it. 
You can connect with David Entry on all relevant social media platforms, including TikTok and Threads. There's also many more messages to listen to from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms and on the Carish Church app. Be blessed.